Hi friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry with the podcast with Ashley Sleek. It's just like I showed up to your house, bottle of wine in hand with like 45 to an hour of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like who doesn't want to do that? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry About the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I'm not going to lie to you. I stopped and recorded this podcast like a few times already, and it's all because I didn't like the way my hair looked um, in the video, and I'm going to laugh my ass off if this is another one of those weeks where I never end up getting to post a clip of the podcast, and I just stress so much about my hair. But like, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm back from... New Jersey, so much to share um, about the trip. And I am gearing up to go to Mexico. Holy shit. And I talked about this a little bit on my TikTok about how I'm kind of grateful that I don't have a job right now. And, you know, I, I, that sounds very like privileged, obviously. And I want to talk about that in a second. But I think for me right now, I'm just trying to find like these little silver linings to the situation because. If you stay in the grumpy place of like, I don't have a job, my life sucks, like you're you're just you're going to drown yourself like you're just going to, you know, not be able to get out of bed every day. And so for me, you know, like looking at this from I re- I remember stressing about this already when I was working and, you know, having to tell everyone really early, like, hey, there are back to back weekends in May that I'm kind of gone. So I originally would have taken off Friday last week, but then I changed it, um, canceled my flight. So that way I didn't have to like take another day. So in reality, I just needed to take this Monday off, but then this upcoming Thursday and Friday, and then Monday luckily was, is a holiday anyways, but I would have been back at work for these three days and they would have been so stressful. Like I'm sure this feels this way at a lot of people's job, but I remember at my job, like missing one day of work felt like you missed a week. And it was so wild. And I'm kind of grateful to be able to relax in between this time. And so you might be thinking, Ashley, like, this is absolutely ridiculous. How are you not so stressed about the money? And it's like, oh, babe, I wake up in a hot ass sweat, like on a regular basis, worried about money. But, you know, I'm just going to keep it real with you guys, because I think one thing that drives me absolutely nuts is like when people are honest about like their finances. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to talk about money, but I also don't want anyone to see what I'm doing and being like, I lost my job. Like, how is she doing X, Y, and Z? I'm going to keep it a hundred with you. My parents paid for my flight to get out to New Jersey. Um, my sister and uh, my brother-in-law paid for my meal, you know, and then I was at the wedding the whole time. So I really didn't have to like (laughs) pay for anything else. And then, you know, I, I had to get real with, uh, with charisma about her wedding. I brought this up when, I had gone through all that medical stuff and I was like, my bills are wild. Like, I just don't think I'm going to make it to Mexico. And she's like, if it is a money thing, we will figure it out, you know? And then when I lost my job, I was like, yeah, no, for reals. And she's like, nope. So she's helping me get to her own wedding, which was so hard for me to accept help. And I think one of the things I have always struggled with is accepting help. And it was so funny because I was telling Andrew. Oh, my God. I had my first appointment with Andrew last week. Oh, welcome back, baby. You know, um, anyways, it was so exciting. And I was telling him, I was like, it's so annoying because my dad and the otter just keep giving like kept giving me the same advice. And I was like, I'm sick of it with you, two because they just kept being like, you have so many friends. You have so many friends like you should like reach out to them to like help you get a job. I'm like, my friends know that I'm you know, you know, that like we're fine. Like, it's OK. And Andrew was like, why? Why was that advice like so annoying to you? And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, like and maybe because it was coming from both of them. And I was like, Shh, be quiet. But he was like, no, I, I think that, you know, it sounds like are you, are you not willing to ask for help? Because like maybe, you know, your friends are also like, you've got it, you know, like you're fine kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, I guess I guess what it boils down to is that yeah, maybe I have a little bit of struggle asking for help. So, you know. This was kind of a big moment for me in, in both those arenas. And it worked it worked out fine. Like, of course, like I still have this like guilt, you know, of, you know, getting help in general. But I'm like working through that because in reality, I would want to be able to do that if I was in a position to help my friend like that, like then I would want to do it, too. If at the end of the day, like the goal is to get me to the wedding, like, you know, and yeah, I was kind of like hesitant to share that because I was just like embarrassed, like I said, but also I was thinking about it from the perspective of somebody listening to this podcast who might have lost their job and is struggling and wants to do things. And, you know, there are things that I'm 
figuring out that I might have to say no to. And I'm really like stressed about that and, you know, figuring out that process and and everything. And, you know, it's a very big learning lesson. I think that, you know, I believe in everything happening for a Riesling. I think there's things that I I don't think you can say that for, you know, like, um, but, you know, when it comes to these little things like me losing my job, I'm like, I think there was a lot of lessons that I needed to learn. And I am like hyper tracked on those right now, you know. So anyways, enough about me and my, um, you know, glorious growing up and how everyone's so proud of me because she's such like a big girl now and like blah, blah, blah. I want to talk about this weekend because I have to just say that as much as I just talked about how much I'm growing and I'm so smart, blah, blah, blah I am an absolute dumb ass. Listen to this fucking bullshit that I did to myself. Okay, so as I mentioned, my parents bought my flight out there and I just like automatically assumed that I was flying out of San Jose. And I am sure I feel very confident that my mom told me it was SFO. Also, I screenshotted my, you know, boarding thingy and sent it to my brother-in-law that clearly says SFO on it. But I literally on Friday, I was looking, I was on the phone with the otter and I was like, oh my God, I'm flying out of SFO. Fuck. So... (laughs) When I, what I thought was going to be, you know, like a 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. Uber ended up being a 4 a.m. car ride to SFO. And I have not parked at long-term parking at SFO. I, can't, I honestly can't even remember the last time I flew out of SFO. Like, she's a San Jose girly baby. And so um, I I drove and I was so confused because literally the last time I, I parked long-term parking SFO, I was with Jimmy. And there was a shuttle bus that took you there. And thank God I followed this um, this very fun looking group. They were going to Mexico and I wanted to be like, oh, my gosh, uh, me too. Next week and just, you know, flex my traveling because they were all talking about traveling. I'm like, oh, me too. I'm a travel girly, too, which I'm not, by the way. Uh, anyway, so you get on this little air tram thing that takes you there. And I was so confused and it was it was really cool. Luckily, uh, you know, I'm still on Aaron and Ben of the podcast clear account and they haven't removed me and I don't know if they will one day but I it was nice because I was really stressed about how long it was taking and so uh luckily I have clear so I went right through and it was it it was good but I and I was so prepared I packed breakfast I packed lunch I packed snacks I was ready I was ready for this flight uh and you know I'm realizing as I'm glancing at my notes that I went a little out of order because I wanted to tell you about my Friday day and then into this. So I will I'm going to sneak in a little bit here. Okay, so Friday I had already had plans to go wine tasting with friend of the podcast, Danielle and Mo, and I was super excited about it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I'm still going, obviously. I just, you know, can't stay out super late. So I went out with them and Mo and I were at the winery and I don't know what happened, but like, I guess this lady really loved me. She gave me the biggest pour of sparkling rosé I have ever seen. It was literally to the top. And I was like, hi. I'm like, does she know? Does she know I'm about to have to leave at 4 a.m. tomorrow? It was so fun. Uh, I had a great time. And then we went out to the Tav for anyone from Morgan Hill. I'm getting into the local bar scene. Um, It was really fun. I was like, okay, I have to leave. And they're like, one more drink. I'm like, okay, like, kill me. One more drink. So I hung out for a little bit longer and then went to go get my car. And of course, had to stop and get some Mickey D's on my way. And you know what? My biggest regret was thinking that I was some sort of skinny bitch that day because I have two separate meals when I go to McDonald's. One is my like skinny bitch meal, which is just like a McDouble and a small fry, you know, which I know some of you fitness bitches are like, that is not a skinny bitch meal, but like shut the fuck up and let me have it. And then when I'm ready to like fully embrace the McDonald's life, I get the number nine, which is the two cheeseburger meal, no onions, obviously, um, with a high C orange. And I was like, I'll just, I'm not that hungry. I'll get the double cheeseburger. And the whole drive home, I was thinking about how I wanted two cheeseburgers. And I was like super upset about it. But it's fine. It's fine. Uh, So anyways, that was my night. And then I came home and went to bed, woke up at 4 a.m., blah, blah, blah. Now we're at the airport. And here's the thing. So I normally historically have sat in the aisle seat. I like the aisle seat because I like to get up to have to pee. But what I have been noticing is that, you know, that this little term of man spreading, I know that sometimes it's really annoying when we find terms because then we like go a little too hard, you know, man spreading, gaslighting. But these things are real. And no more place have I seen man spreading than on a motherfucking airplane. And I've always noticed that they kind of spread towards the aisle. So I was like, this is a longer flight. I'm going to get the window seat. And, you know, they'll man spread to their side. 
I was wrong. This man fell asleep on me in the middle. This man was all up in my biz. And I was like, Ugh. the other reason, though, is that I kind of wanted the, you know, little picture from the window. So it was worth it. Um, but yeah, I was like, this guy needs to get off me. But I was also wondering if he might have been a little scared of me because I spent the whole flight listening to the My Favorite Murder podcast. And the more he was like creeping on me, the more I was like kind of obviously showing my phone like I'm listening to a murder podcast called my favorite murder. Stay away from me. Um, but anyways, I, I really had to pee the whole like five hour flight, but I was way too anxious to ask. So you best believe on my flight home, I went back to the aisle seat and I and I still had anxiety about getting up to pee. But eventually I did it. It was it was too much. Um, a couple other ways I was embarrassing as hell on an airplane because we all know that I am like that. Um, basically, for the majority of the flight, I was so annoyed about how much my back hurt. And that's because I didn't know that my seat was back the whole time. So then um, I will say this before I finish this part of the story is that the guy behind me, I would have thought I was sitting behind a child. Like I, I was floored when I got up and saw this grown ass man sitting behind me because he was like, kicking me and like just all sorts of shit the whole flight and then I was like okay whatever like I'm not gonna fight this guy because I think he's a child and uh anyways I did get a payback because then the flight attendant came by and he's like please put up your seat and I was like no wonder my back hurts because like I'm the kind of bitch who sits straight up like I'm at a 90 degree angle motherfuckers like I'm not leaning I hate when I get in a car and someone like lean like has their seat lean back I'm like I can't no mm -mm, no she is uptight as fuck I need a 90 degree angle so anyways I don't even know because I never put my seat down an airplane I don't even know how so I'm like stressing out like trying to find all the buttons and then I reach under the seat because I'm like oh maybe it's under there you know and I grab something real tight and I'm pulling it's the guy's foot it's the guy's foot. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and anyways, so then I just kind of uh, spent I, I like never put the seat back up and I spent the next like 45 minutes of the flight just kind of looking over my shoulder for the flight attendant, like afraid. Um, but I never got in trouble, so it's OK. Also, the Newark airport is absolutely wild. If you have not flown into Newark and I listen, I am from California. I have flown mostly to California airports. So I don't know. I know SFO is a nightmare, but I would take SFO over Newark any day. And here's why the 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 pickup people have no fucking fear in New Jersey. And I think this was like New York, New Jersey. I don't really know. I don't understand maps, so I'm not going to get into it. But either way, I like people were just jumping into cars. There was no rhyme or reason. And there was a group next to me and they were like, this would never happen to SFO. Like these guys at the whistles would be freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, where is the fucking security here? So then my brother-in-law and my sister pull up and I'm like on the phone with them. And I'm like, I don't want to be these one of these assholes who's just getting in the car in the middle of the road. And I hear my brother like, you have to. And I'm like, ah. So I'm like running to the car and I literally can't get the trunk open. And so I'm just like struggling in the back, finally get the trunk open. I'm running into the car. I, I drop my phone. I think I provided comic relief for the other San Franciscoans who were like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, but yeah, it was it was absolutely wild. So then the other thing I thought was so interesting, which listen, I just haven't spent a lot of time on the East Coast. OK, so I know I have East Coast listeners and I know they're going to be like, yes, no shit. I have never seen so many Dunkin Donuts in my life. I was like, Ben Affleck, are you here? Like it was so I don't think I saw a single Starbucks the whole time. I was just so many Dunkins. And my sister and I were obviously so excited about this because we were like donuts. Um, so, you know, we made our brother-in-law our my brother-in-law, her husband. We went to dinner together and then we obviously had to get DDs after. Like we were so excited about it, but it was just so fucking funny. Like I just I, I know that's normal, but it was literally at every single corner. The other thing I don't fucking understand is that my brother-in-law and I wanted to get like a six pack of beer and that was impossible to find. Absolutely impossible to find. Like we went to a Walgreens. They don't sell beer. Like, OK, then we went to a convenience store. They don't sell beer. And I was like, where is the alcohol in this town? Like, does the Dunkin Donuts do like double shots or something? And we're just like missing it. It was so wild. So we never got that. And which I was bummed about because I went to the bar. OK, so I go to the bar in, in the hotel and, you know, it was like a, we stayed at like a Hampton, like whatever. But I'm like, OK, I am just going to get a cheap beer. What happened was I really wanted a glass of ice water. This was in between the wedding and the um, reception. And I was like, I just want like, you know, like 
I just want a glass of water, but I feel like an asshole going to the bar and asking for free water. So I was like, I'll just get a cheap beer. And I was going to go with the course. I'm like, all right, class it up a little bit. So I get a Stella. It cost me 10 motherfucking dollars to get a Stella. A Stella. And that probably would have been the same price for Coors Light. Like, kill me. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I was so upset. I FaceTimed front of the podcast, Kim, because uh, I didn't want to drink alone. And so I was drinking with her and I was like, I just paid and I tipped two bucks. I paid 12 bucks for the Stella. And I feel like that's twelve dollars. I'm never going to get back in my life. But anyways. OK, so back to being on schedule. So we went to the next day, woke up um, Sunday morning, uh, had some hotel breakfast. And then my mom and I went for a hot girl walk. And then it was time to get ready for the wedding. And so this was a uh, fancy wedding. What's it called? It's not black tie, but it was like whatever the next step down is. Uh, formal, formal. So this is a formal wedding. I wasn't really sure what I was going to wear. I wanted to wear the dress. So there is the bridesmaid's dress for me, which is Julie Schmidt's bridesmaid's dress. I love this fucking dress. I loved it when I wore it in her wedding. I wore it in my sister's backyard COVID wedding, and I thought it deserved another night out. So I was going to wear it to this wedding, too, because it's off the shoulder. But then I put the sleeves up because it was a little bit too big. But when I put the sleeves up, it, it held up and it was it looked like a completely different dress. And I was like, it's time for this baby to get another round out. Um, so my mom was in my room curling her hair and I was like, well, let me just try on. And I also had this green dress that I wore to my friend Lindsay's wedding. And she's like, I like that green dress. I'm like, yeah, but the purple one looks so stunning on with the sleeves up. And so I put it on, literally go to put the sleeve up, the sleeve breaks. And I was like, well, I guess we're wearing the green one, which ended up being so fine. You know, it was it's a really pretty dress and um, I didn't feel like underdressed or anything. So it was it was gorgeous. But we go to this church wedding and you guys this I, my dad on the podcast talked about Catholic weddings, you know, and, you know, if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, it was the last I'm sorry, what weddings that has come out. And so, like, I was warned. I've also been in two Catholic weddings. OK, but this was. <laughs> The longest. I love my cousin, Michael. I love him. OK, but I am going to absolutely talk shit about how long this wedding ceremony was, because you know what? You know what you're getting yourself into by doing this. And so I was cracking up because I had to put my mom on a motherfucking leash like she was getting in so much trouble by me. She was pulling out her phone. She was chewing gum. I'm like, Mom, we are in the church. Like you have to stop doing that. But this was so long. And the worst part is like a long ceremony is one thing when people are talking, I really enjoyed the part, the beginning part, like, you know, they're talking about love and stuff. Actually, I'm, I wasn't totally like in it to win it, but I was like, oh, this is sweet, whatever. The bride looked fucking gorgeous. So I was just staring at, she had a sparkly veil. So I was like having fun looking at that, whatever. And, um, but the rest of it was so much sitting and standing, standing through all these songs that I had no idea what was happening. And then there was just silence silence in between. OK. And I was like, what? And listen, I know that you guys are like, Ashley, you can't just go shit on other people's religions like this. Yes, I can. OK. Yes, I can. And I'm going to. OK. And I'm not shitting on the religion. Whatever you need to believe in is fine as long as you're not affecting other people like do you, boo. But I if there was silent moments and that was what was killing me. Like the priest was turned with his back behind. We couldn't even see what he's doing. I'm like, are you getting the blood of Christ? The, the you know, the cup of salvation? Like, is this the body of Christ? Bread of heaven? No, I don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah, I know a couple terms. Um, And what the best part was, was that my niece, Madison, <laughs> when it would get all quiet, she would go, hi. <laughs> and my sister was like so embarrassed by this that we loved it because it was just kind of the comic relief we needed. Listen, it was a beautiful ceremony. And like I said, the thing about weddings is it's not it's not for you. It's not it's not for the guest. It is for the bride and groom. And you know what? Like there are things I think the reception, you know, that should be for the guest. Your ceremony, that's for you, boo. And if you want to have a two hour Catholic ceremony, do you next time I need to bring my emotional support water bottle, though, I was trying to be classy with my little clutch. And I, you guys, I was so thirsty. I was like, does that holy water have a tap? Because I'm about to like stick my head under. It was I was dying. But overall, it was really gorgeous. And then I have to say everything like sitting through the two hour ceremony was like and, you know, it might have been an hour and a half, but I'm calling it two hours because that's how it felt for me. All was forgiven when we got to the reception because you guys 
my aunt had shown me the food list and I was like, auntie, I don't know what to tell you. I think you just pick a couple of these. Like, I don't think all this food's going to be here. And she's like, no, there is. And I'm like, I don't, I wasn't buying it, but I was like, hey, whatever. I was wrong. I was wrong. Let me just tell you, there was a sushi bar that had sake. There was pork buns. There was, um, you know, fried rice. There was um, beef broccoli. There was a cheese area. There was a lobster area. There was a whole meat section that had bacon, like thick bacon. They had sausage. They had like lamb. Then there was caviar. There was ice sculptures. There was a full fucking bar. I was like, where the fuck am I right now? And you best believe I was like, I am so mad at myself that I'm wearing two pairs of Spanx today. One of these babies is coming off. I ate everything I wanted to. I was the happiest girl. They had this Gouda cheese. It was like had a little spice to it, which normally my white ass can't handle. But I was like, oh, the spicy Gouda. I was just literally so happy. I just, I, I cannot. It was so fucking gorgeous. And then we got into the, my dad was like, I'm saving myself a little bit for dinner. And I'm like, cannot be me. Like I will figure out how to eat everything. We went into the, um, reception area with dinner chandeliers. It was, oh my God. They had these big, beautiful white chairs they were sitting in. It was just so chef's kiss gorgeous. And I was like, I kind of had felt like, I love me a good wedding cry, okay? Like, I love me a wedding cry. It's tears of joy. It makes me so happy. But because I couldn't understand what was going on in the ceremony, I felt like I didn't fully get to have my wedding cry. And, oh, I had several at the reception. Several. So my, um, you know, my cousin and his mom's first dance, sobbing. His wife, I had met his wife for the first time because, like, he, they live on the East Coast. So I don't really get to see them. So this was one of those scenarios that I think every bride, I've heard them be like, I don't want people at my wedding that I never met before. Really glad she didn't feel that way um, because I met her there. So stunning. Her dress was fucking beautiful. And I loved it because, OK, so when she was at the wedding, it had the, this big bow on the shoulder. And then when she was at the reception, she had like a off the shoulder kind of big poofy bow thing. It looked so classy and stunning. Her hair was up. Oh, she looked beautiful. Okay. Sorry. Before I go on any further, I have to tell you about the mom. The mother of the bride was so fucking gorgeous. She was wearing a black like mermaid dress with black gloves and like um, it had silver like jewels on the dress and she had these uh, silver bracelets and her hair looked so good. I was like, oh my God, I was stunned. I was stunned. I was too stunned to speak. I was like, this mom is so hot. Like she looks gorgeous. So anyways, um, then I have to say, okay, the thing about my cousin, uh, and his wife is that they are so fucking smart. Like my cousin graduated from law school and then, um, the wife it studied, like, I think, I think she's gonna be like a brain surgeon or something. Like they're fucking so smart and so well spoken. Like, uh, she did this little sweet thing for her, uh, godfather. And she talked about how like the importance of laughter in life. And it was just like, I felt like I was watching a Ted talk, you know? And I was like, but she was in a wedding dress and it was stunning. And then after the wedding, uh, after like all the speeches, she gave another speech about, you know, just them, like the reasons that they work so hard and why she stayed in school, why they both stayed in school. And then like the love they have for each other. And then my cousin Michael spoke and he talked about tradition and how like, you know, you get to make things your own. And it was just like, I couldn't stop crying. Like they were just, I was just so moved. And then the father of the bride speech was really good. And it was really interesting that, um, you know, he talked about something that I, 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 this is how I also feel about love. And I've talked about this in my own speeches. I think I talked about this a lot, actually in both that I officiated and it was sacrifice and how the, the importance of like sacrifice in love and how that's like kind of one of the foundations of marriage. And I think it sounds so bad when you hear sacrifice, like it comes off so negative. Like it sounds, I guess, more harsh is what I'm saying. And I think the softer way people put it is that relationships are a give and take. But that really is to me what I've learned over the years of dating and being in long term relationships. It's like it is about sacrifice. And if it's just one person putting in all the sacrifice, like it's it's got to be balanced, you know, and it's about loving someone so much that you are willing to kind of take on their stuff and they are doing the same to you. You know, if you're the only person who's sacrificing, like that's when you're in an unbalanced, unhappy relationship. But, you know, being willing to make changes for someone and not obviously I'm not being like change yourself like boo. No one you don't who you are in your core is what your partner should be happy about. But I'm talking more like 
okay, you know, maybe you have to move or maybe, you know, um, you're not on the same schedule or maybe, you know, there's just like all these things that just kind of come up in relationships that are about sacrifice. And I watch that in my friends' relationships all the time, you know, and uh, I, I just thought it was really, it was really sweet. It was a really good speech. Um, Best man's speech was really good. Maid of Honor's speech was great. It was like a hit on the park on the speeches. And I was like, well, it's one of my favorite parts. So I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and it, it was just really beautiful. And I'm so glad I was there. And it's one of those things that like, like I said, I don't get to see my cousin all the time, but I had the pleasure of getting to like live a little bit with him um, his senior year of of high school. Sorry. And, uh, you know, we formed this like really fun, close bond. I got to go to his prom and take pictures. And, you know, it was really special to get to spend that time with him and be there to support him. And I felt you know, I just I, I, I fucking love weddings. I don't know what to say. Um, but one of the most important things that happened was that I decided that I wanted to just try a new drink. And uh, my mom had grabbed or I don't know if it was my mom. I think it was my mom. She had grabbed an apple teeny. They had them out. And I was like, you know what? I've always been curious. And I fell in love. So you guys, I am in my apple teeny era, which is so great because, you know, I'm a beer girl. And anywhere I go, like I just order a beer. That's my safety net. But sometimes I feel like I want to be a little bit classier. And my only cocktail I like is really a dirty Shirley. And, you know, it's not the it's not the classiest, but probably neither is an apple teeny. But I was like, I love this. It came in the martini glass. I felt like high class. I just I fucking loved it. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. So then I was like, I asked my dad because my cousin Morgan came over and was giving me a little bit of shit for, you know, drinking an apple martini. And then she was like, come try my, you know, dirty martini. That tasted like absolute asshole. And you cannot fucking tell me any different. That was the most disgusting thing. I have ever put in my mouth and I was like how the fuck do you bitches drink this but you know what I gotta retract my judgment because I know that not everybody is like a beer person or like you know loves the things that I love but I just I couldn't believe it I was like this is utterly disgusting and I'm gonna stick with my apple teeny so then I asked my dad I'm like is it not cool is it not cool that I'm drinking an apple teeny he's like no it's fine it's fine I'm like okay so then I was like all right I got to ask the otter because obviously he was a bartender for years. So I'm like, OK, so I fell in love with apple teenies. Like, first of all, are they hard to make? Because I don't want to annoy a bartender. That's like not my goal. So like he's all no, they're super easy to make. I'm like, OK, but like, what does it say? You know, like, you know how there's drinks that say something about someone when they're when they're buying them, you know, like espresso martini is like the basic bitch drink right now. And so I was like, is it like I'm ordering an espresso martini? He's like, the apple teeny was the espresso martini of years ago. So he's like, it's kind of like you're just a late to the game, basic bitch. Or he said like a 50 year old. He's like, you drink like a 50 year old woman, but you eat like a 12 year old child. And I was like, I think that's perfect. I think that exactly explains who I am. And I am so happy to be in my apple teeny era because if that is a basic bitch drink, the core of being a basic bitch, and I have talked about this before, how I am proud to be a basic bitch, because at the core, it is just loving what you love unapologetically and not being afraid to be called basic. So I am also in this era right now where I am figuring out who I am and I am not apologizing for being myself, which I say I'm sorry a lot, but I just mean overall, overall and I'm working on that, but overall, I am being myself. I'm out here trying to just bring be happy and you know be positive and I think that that encompasses the basic bitch so I am in my apple teeny era and I'm a little nervous I'm not gonna like them if somebody else makes them but we'll see about that I told um I told the otter I was like so I think maybe for our date we find somewhere that I can get chicken tenders and an apple teeny and he's like yeah (laughs) and I was like that has to exist you know um he actually said I could do that at his the restaurant he works at so I was like let's go and I also told him which he didn't understand this but like I feel like other people are gonna get it because I was like you know what I'm so glad I found a cocktail I like because I've been so nervous about going to visit you at work and like getting a drink and just being like not not getting something nice and he's like what does that mean I'm like oh I just want your like co-workers to think I'm like you know classy <laughs> he works at a classy restaurant and I just like you know I don't know I'm like represented him in a way you know I just want people to be like oh the otter really bagged some class bitch and that's what the apple teeny is gonna make me feel like instead of me getting like another course light or something you know and don't get me wrong I'm always gonna be a beer bitch but like it's fine um so <laughs> also I so I made it back home 
I didn't, I gotta keep it real with you guys. Like I don't poop on a vacation and I was so worried that like everything was going to come out like today when the otter gets here. So I really tried to force myself a poop last night. And so I bought a salad and a pint of the wild berry cheesecake ice cream from TJ's. Ugh, it's a seasonal item, you guys. So I can't recommend it more. Like go get it now. And I was successful. And my plan, my, my grand plan work. I am a mastermind as Taylor Swift would say. And, um, None of it was accidental. But anywho, so that's just my poop story because I was like feeling so bloated and I got so stressed because I was like, oh, my God, I feel so bloated. And I was like and I get bloated when I travel and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to like Mexico. My dress is a little tight. So I tried to go panic look for a loose dress to wear to the rehearsal. And you know what? Fuck you guys on TikTok who keep saying that Walmart's got like these nice clothes and it's Walmart. So you're getting a deal. Absolutely fuck off, okay? Because I went to Walmart, they had the exact style dress I was looking for, and it was $40. And some of you bitches might be like, $40 is not a lot of money to spend, Ashley. No. When I am at Walmart, I want my shit no more than $12, okay? No more than $12. $12.99, fine. But I was I was distraught to find out that, like, they have cute clothes, they're $40. I'm like, that's not what I was trying to spend. And I did go to Target, and they had a couple cute things, and I was like, you know what? Ashley, it's fine. Like, you're overthinking this. Just love your body. If you're a little bloaty, you're a little bloaty. Like, it's all good. So that's how I feel as of right now. I have until tomorrow or today when the podcast is out to freak out and go back to Target. So we'll see what happens. It's all it's all good. And, but I do have to share one of the things I did that, um, that I think was really good when it comes to the Mexico flight. So originally I was leaving. So I'm flying out Thursday morning and I was flying back Sunday morning, like early, early in the morning, because I'm one of those bitches that like needs to be out when it comes to vacations. I'm like, bye, adios, I'm out. And I think it's because I just get really stressed and overwhelmed. And I will probably continue to do that from here on out on every other, you know, vacation. But for this one, I'm like, you know what? This is an all inclusive. Your best friend's getting married. I'm going to fly in Thursday and like Friday is going to be all about rehearsal and setting up for wedding. And then Saturday is the wedding. It's like, you know, maybe you should just enjoy the beach. So I'd move my flight from being at like 6.30 a.m. or 8 a.m. or something like that to being at 3.30 p.m. And I am so proud of myself for just sitting back and embracing. Like the, like I said, it's so off brand, but I'm like, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to embrace and I'm going to enjoy. And I'm, I'm like so excited about that. So now I have like a later flight. And so I'm going to spend a little bit time, more time in Mexico. Like, here we go, because I am staying at all inclusive and I'm not going to get robbed. We're putting that into the universe. It has almost been a year since I got robbed in Mexico on a bachelorette party. If you have not heard that story, um, there is a whole episode dedicated to it. It's I think it's called like if Kim Kardashian can get robbed, so can I, um, <laughs> which what a title. But uh, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll add it in the in the caption there so you, you can find it. Hi, friends. You know, I love answering your questions and Ask Ashley has been a favorite of the I'm Sorry What podcast. And now you can do it for both podcasts. Ask me questions for I'm Sorry What or I'm Sorry What Weddings. Same link, super easy. You can find it on my Instagram or on my TikTok at Ashley Sleek. That's Ashley with two E's. Click that link in the bio and give me your questions. I can't wait to hear and answer them all. Love you. Bye. Has everyone really fully recovered from the Vanderpump Rules finale? Because tonight, when the podcast comes out, if you're listening on Wednesday, is like the first part of the reunion. I just can't even breathe. Like, I watched the finale and it was just, it was so stressful. You know, um, I I know that there's so much that's already been said, so I don't want to like, you know, rehash out everything but let me just let me just talk about a couple of like the crazy theories that came out of this so I decided just like to write down a couple of my favorites and talk about it one of them was that Lisa had known about the affair for longer than she let on and this was like kind of this big thing because Ariana had said anybody who's still talking to Tom Sandoval like we're not friends she's like I want no mutuals which like absolute respect I would feel the same if I were her and but when she was on watch what happens live Andy was like but what about Lisa and they really kind of make it seem like in the trailer for the reunion that she kind of sticks it to Lisa on this one I, I think that's just the editing to get us locked in I don't think that that happened and then you know th the other rumor about this was because Lala and Ariana had unfollowed her on 
uh, Instagram. But Lala has already come onto the scene and cleared the shit up as we love that she does. She was like, no beef with Lisa. I never followed her to begin with. Like, we're good. But you know what? I I really fucking hated how nice Lisa was to Tom. Like, I'm sorry, but even if your kids fuck up, like, be mean to them. I If I did something nasty like that, I hope my mom would be like, mad at me. You know, I hope she would be really disappointed in me. Like, and also Lisa, you're not his fucking parent. I'm sorry. You're not. He can go home and have his own fucking parents coddle him, but you need to be like, that was wrong. And that fake ass hyperventilating panic attack, like both fucking shit. Like, you know why? Because he had showed none of that emotion for Ariana. So I'm like, I'm not fucking having it. I'm just not. I'm just absolutely not. Um, my second, favorite rumor was that the affair started when her and James were still together, when Rachel and James were still together, because someone went back and analyzed last season's reunion. And it doesn't look like Sandoval was shocked to hear about the breakup. And I was like, oh, my God, what? Like, that is a fascinating theory. And let me say this, because and this is going to be really mean, but stick with me. Ariana made this comment to Tom that you are basically hanging out with someone who's trying to find their identity in men, right? And if that's true about Raquel, which it kind of seems like it is Raquel, Rachel, whatever, I I don't see her then breaking up with James until she knew that there was another guy like ready for her, you know? So I wouldn't be surprised if this was like almost, I, grooming's the wrong word, but I can't think about it what it was, but like you know, maybe she did start to confide in Tom about things with James. And then I think that Sandoval pushed Rachel into breaking up with James. Like, I I would not be surprised by this because those are some fake crocodile tears again that we saw at the last reunion. And everybody seems so shocked except for Tom. And he should be so shocked because he's the one who paid for the engagement. Like, I don't know. I just feel like something is very sus about that. And I just... It just seems like if Rachel's whole identity is being with men, then I don't think she would leave James without knowing that there was someone there. My thoughts. There's another theory that she's pregnant, and I really just hope not. I hope not because there's just people who should not have kids, you know? And I'm not saying that Raquel or Rachel could never have kids. I'm just saying that right now she needs to find herself, and, you know, it's just it's just bad. Um you know, and, and there are things, of course, that everybody's talking about how Tom cared more when he was talking to other Tom, like when Sandoval cared more to talk to Schwartz than he did to Ariana, um, you know, but the, a couple of things that are also making me nuts about it is uh, and are bringing me joy. I love the fucking ceremony between Kristen and Ariana, like the witchcraft, because here's the thing. I think everybody expected Dodie to come on and be like this fiery fucking bitch and be like, oh, we're going to undercover all the details. And she wasn't. I like this more. She was just supportive and she didn't make it about her. She was like, let's do this ceremony together. And like, I'm going to need to record that ceremony because there's a couple things I need to like get rid of in my life. Um, And I'm ready. Katie not falling into her old patterns and standing up for Schwartz. Like Katie has historically not stood up for herself and fallen into this pattern of just forgiving Schwartz and feeling bad for her, for him. And she stood up and was like, fuck you. And I don't like either Toms. I think they're bad people. And I'm so proud of Katie. Um, and I have to give it to Sheena. I am not really a Sheena stan. I want to love Sheena so much. I do think she has a big heart, but I don't like the way in which she has, she feels like she has to put down other people in order to get there. Like, I don't understand how the whole time she didn't realize what she was doing to Katie was fucked up. Like it was just so weird to me. She had she wanted to be loyal to Schwartz because she was being a pick me girl. And I think when she like comes to I think this is going to be a big moment for Sheena because I think she'll be more of a girl's girl after this. And it's going to be great because she really does have a big heart, you know. But anyways, Sheena fucking read Tom Sandoval his rights. And I felt like it was the best conversation we had watched. Like, and I felt bad for her because Sandoval was her friend, but she fucking read him his rights and it was perfect and it was everything. And, you know, like the last couple things here on Vanderpump Rules, and I know that not everyone watches, so I'm trying to power through, but like I have to fucking talk about it. Um, there is a Hulu special coming. I think it's out now. Um, I got to, Jenna, I got to get back on your Hulu. Um, <laughs> and it's about Randall Emmett, who was Lala's ex-husband and it is this wild documentary about all this shit and I just think that people are being so mean to Lala and I hate it when she was talking to Lisa and Lisa's like I mean you know you have to know you lose them how you get them it's just like I, I just feel like 
you know, I believe Lala that she thought that they were done and whatever. She like there was this man that was going to protect her. You know what I mean? I think that's what she saw. And she was like, here's the guy that, you know, going to be so infatuated with me and all this stuff. And then she got burned and she had a kid with this guy. She wouldn't have had a kid with this guy if she didn't think it was going to work out. Like, I, I don't know. And I just feel like we're being too mean to her. But I'm like super interested to hear about how this is. And it's like this probably would have been the biggest scandal going on right now. But then we got the scandal of all. It's like Vanderpump Rules said 2023 is my motherfucking year. And shit. <laughs> So you best believe I'll be tuning in to the reunion tonight. I like cleared my whole schedule for it. I was like, I am going to watch Vanderpump Rules and then go to bed and get up and go to Mexico. Like, that's the vibe. <laughs> OK, let's get into a little Ask Ashley. So here was the question. I have been with my boyfriend for six and a half years. I am beyond ready to get engaged to him. And we have a trip coming up in September. September. How do I suggest or hint that our vacation would be the perfect place to propose? Or should I just flat out tell him? Sincerely, when is my turn? Oh my gosh. I, I feel for you. I hear about this all the time. Like I hear about my friends so stressed about getting proposed to. And I just know, like, I know I would feel the exact same way. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, and, and this came as quite the surprise to me, but in my experience of being a part of proposals, one of the things that the person who's proposing, and in my experience, it's been mostly men, uh, that they say is that they want it to be a surprise. Interesting. I was kind of shocked because I was like, these dudes don't fucking care. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. This came up so many times. The amount of times that Alex said to me, I just don't want her to know. Like, I just want her to be surprised. Like, it was so much. And this was a consistent theme. Like, they wanted it to be a surprise. They wanted to feel like they did something they can take pride in, all this stuff. And so I have to say, like, there is a big part. And I have actually heard this happen where there was a plan to do it somewhere and then you know the girl or whoever they were proposing to was like oh my god you should propose to me here and they're like nope now I'm not doing it like you have to understand there is a pride okay there is a pride that comes with proposing and if they feel like it wasn't their idea and it was yours I have seen retaliation okay so my honest to god and I know this is hard I know this is such an easier said than done thing I don't think you should bring it up. I don't think you should bring it up at all. Here is my recommendation. I think you need to get an Ashley. OK, you need to find your Ashley. OK, now send your Ashley. In. And what I mean by that, that's the me. OK, that's the person that's your friend who's like find someone who they are comfortable with. More importantly, like this is why it's so important for your partner and your friends to be friends, because you're going to need this strategy in the end of the day. OK, you need your Ashley to go and say, hey, like, what's going on with the proposal? Like, time's a click in six and a half years. Like, I heard you're doing a vacation. Like, are you thinking about doing it there? Like, can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. Let that person go. And then here's the worst part. And you're going to hate me for saying it. I know you are. But like, I'm sorry. That Ashley, she's not going to tell you shit. She's just not, or they're just not, or he's just not. But you have to accept it. You have to accept it. And here's why. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so sorry. And I have to keep it real and honest with you, as always. Um, I got a really exciting call in the middle of recording. And if it's okay with you all, you know I love to tell you guys uh, the hot goss as soon as possible. But um, I haven't really been able to tell everybody in my life. And I'm trying to be better about like not just being like, everyone listens to the podcast, so it's fine. But um, anyways, I just have to be honest because, you know, I... Uh, yeah, just had to pause, pause the podcast in the middle of a really good point. So um, I'm going to like kick back into gear. Sorry, I'm like shaking and it's been a day. I spent my whole day yesterday um, crying with the otter and uh, hopefully he like sticks around. But, you know, I, I think that we're good. Um, but anyways, OK, so sorry. I just you know, have to keep it real with you all. So uh, next week I will uh, drop the big surprise, surprise. But um, for now, I think what I was saying was about how, you know, uh, it, you have to be patient. And I know that's so hard, so much easier said than done. And I really don't want to downplay this because like, it's so frustrating, like waiting for someone to do what you want. But you know, one thing is I know that sounds wild, but like the way some of us dream about our wedding, like some, some people really think out their proposal and they want it to be special. And you know, you kind of have to let them do their thing. And I know it doesn't feel like it's really that 
big of a deal. And, you know, you're like, just fucking propose to me, which I have heard from like all of my friends, you know, like all my friends at some point were just like, oh, my God, just fucking ask, you know. So I, I totally obviously like I can't I can't say get that in the stance where I, you know, have been in that position before, but I can understand the sentiment. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it will all be worth it. That all being said. OK, so that's like that is that is all, you know, the basic advice. But I have to get serious with you for a minute and make sure that you have had these conversations with your partner, because let me tell you something. There is one thing that I have learned about being in relationships and one thing that I personally have fucked up a couple times and I'm working on. And that's that like your partner is not a mind reader like they're not. And if there is something bothering you, you have to tell them like I'm not going to get into the details, but like yesterday I just felt like I could not do this to save my life. Like there was things that I just wasn't communicating because I just was doing it all wrong. And, um, you know, and then I cried about it several times. But, you know, if you want to get married and this isn't a conversation you've had with your partner, like you need to have it. And if you're ready and if you are getting to a breaking point, like it is so important to have those serious conversations. Like a lot of the people I know in my life are, are doing that. You know, they're having these serious conversations. And like it's so important because the last thing you want to do is like start to get bitter. And like, I don't know how you don't, but like there is playful bitter and there is like bitter bitter. And you need to know like when your line is and communicate that and be honest. Okay. Like be honest with your partner, share your fears. Like, Hey, I'm afraid you're not going to do this. And, and also with that pair your excitement, I'm so excited to be your husband or your wife or your partner you know, and I, I but I, I'm really getting nervous. And I know that, like, you know, this isn't something you, you know, can give me a lot of details about. But I just need a little bit of reassurance that it's happening. And, you know, those conversations just have to keep happening. And OK, that being said, OK, I've been um, relatively nice when it comes to the partner about this. But now let's switch gears a little bit. OK, if you are frustrated about getting proposed to, OK, and it's six and a half years. Please send your partner this clip. Hi, it's me, Ashley Sleek. I've got a question for you. What the fuck is happening? OK, it has been six and a half years. People get college fucking degrees in that time. OK, I need you to shit or go out the pot and let's fucking get engaged. Because guess what? I love weddings and I'm trying to see my Ask Ashley bitches get fucking engaged. So like, let's go. You know what I mean? This also really like resonates with me because I have a friend that I'm waiting to um, get engaged. I won't like call it out here on the podcast, but like, you know who you are. And I'm just sitting here patient and I, you know, I have no idea. I don't know any timeline. And like, you know, your friends also want you to get engaged. So, you know, for the person who's just, you know, taking their time, some of us are really excited. So speed it up. Okay. Anyways. All right, you guys, I know it's Wednesday that I'm literally recording this and it's like 1040. So you guys are like, where the fuck is the podcast? So let me get to the I'm sorry, what moment of the week? Um, and then I will, you know, wrap it up. So, OK, basically, here's what I'm going to say. You guys, I'm not trying to be mean and I never really understood when people are like so feisty about airlines, you know, like my ex boyfriend, Jimmy, was like a United person and he didn't stray away from United and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, these pretentious assholes are like airplane. No, no. I lied. I understand. I understand now. I flew Alaska and I'm really sorry to offend the Alaska airline people. I know you work really hard, but like absolutely fuck Alaska airs. And listen, they weren't mean. I will say this. I had like nice lake room and everything. But here is something that I don't fucking get. And I just if you are a flight attendant or something like, can you please call me and explain this? Because I know I bitched about it before. But how come there are three seats? OK, so everybody is allowed one basically carry on item and one personal item. OK, so that's like a rolly bag and a backpack. And you're like, Ashley, we know. And I'm like, OK, I'm sorry. So um, I don't understand how, you know, it's just supposed to be you have one bag that's going to go up top and one bag under your seat. There are three seats and there's three spaces for a bag. So why can't all of the bags fit? So on my way to New Jersey, they were like, hey, you know, um, if anyone would volunteer to check, like check their bag or flight is really full. And so, you know, we're going to need people to check their bags and, you know, we'll move you up to boarding group B. And I was like, OK, I'll move up because I was boarding group E. And I was like, they're probably going to take my bag anyways. So, you know, I moved up, got to B, whatever. And I fucking hated it because it took so goddamn long to get my checked bag at the Newark shit show um, airport, you know. 
And then I, on my flight back, the same thing. And they were like, if you are boarding group E, like you might as well check your bag. I had already volunteered right away. Cause I'm like, I already know the shit, you know, but I just don't understand why. And so let me tell you this, the, the most, uh, so many annoying things about this. I like, I'm sorry. What? Like what the airplane was designed for us to be able to fit our shit. Like, why doesn't it just fucking fit? So the flight there, I was literally getting on this plane and, and the guy in front of me, you know, they made an announcement. Like I said, there there's not a lot of overhead storage. This motherfucker put his bag and his backpack up there. And you best believe I pulled out my meanest mean girl look to put that boy to shame. I was like, what the fucking fuck is wrong with you? Like now the rest of us have to like check a bag, which it literally took an hour to get my check bag. And I'm not even joking. SFO was different. Like I literally got to the bag of shame at SFO and it was ready because it's like we don't we don't play games in San Francisco. OK, like take some notes, newer, because that that airport stressed me the fuck out. But anyways, so I just like I couldn't understand why this guy was being such a selfish asshole. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I'm so sorry that your fragile ass ego can't handle having something at your fucking feet. I have sat in a car for like six hours going to um, the cabin with like seven packs of white claws on my feet and on my lap and all of my shit. Like, it's fine. You can like deal with some discomfort. And the seats at Alaska were like big. But what drove me even more crazy was that on my flight back from SFO, I got up. The person next to me opened the overhead storage. There was one bag in there. One. One bag. They had they told 25 of us that we needed to check our rolly bag. It's like, what? Like, I just I genuinely don't understand what the fuck is going on in these people's head. Like what in what world? You know, like, I'm sorry, what? Like, why doesn't that work? Like the math is not mathing. I learned that term from um, friends of the podcast and yell and moan. I can't stop using it. So sorry. But uh, yeah, I'm fucking pissed off. OK. And so I think and you know what? Flying Southwest stresses me out because I don't like picking my seat. But you know what? I haven't really had a bad time with them. So and I didn't really have a bad time flying with United. But, you know, I just saying that Alaska, we're beefing a little bit. We're beefing. And also, I am very happy I'm getting on my plane tomorrow. I'm, I mean, by happy, I mean, I'm also very stressed, but I'm going to San Jose, like not doing SFO. I'm a San Jose girly. I live here. I'm Ubering. I scheduled my Uber already. I have a lot of stuff to do. I just got really like distracted yesterday and didn't prep. And, you know, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster yesterday. And um, now I'm here dealing with the rest of that roller coaster. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I got to go get my shit together. And um, I, I yes, like I got a lunch day. I got shit to do. So let's get prepped for Mexico, baby. I am really hoping I have my fingers crossed that I will be able to do solo. I'm sorry, what weddings this week? But I just got to be real with you guys. Like I did not project manage my time very well. Like and normally I'm good at time management and she shit the bed. So um, it's OK. Uh, there is a small chance I won't have it, but thank you all for submitting your questions. I'm going to do a full Q&A. I got so many great questions on my Instagram. There's still time to submit. You can hit me up at the link in my bio on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast with me. I am so excited to share some great news and updates with you all next week. Uh, I'm excited for Mexico. Happy wedding week to my girl Karishma. I'm really excited to uh, stand by your side. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And you guys, don't forget to just like embrace your life and embrace who you are. And I have to share like a little mantra kind of thing that I've been like telling myself like all day. And um, it's actually something I learned from the author in that it's just like, you know what? People make mistakes and all you can do is own your shit and try to get better. And I know that I have probably said that here on the podcast before, but that is how I'm feeling today. Like everything's going to be OK. And, you know, we're all human. And I think that we should just enjoy yourselves, live life to the fullest. And um, that means listening to this podcast. So obviously, thank you so much. Please like, comment, subscribe and download. Um, we decided that liking is not a thing. So comment, subscribe and download. I love you all. I'll talk to you next week. OK, bye.